I invite you to hear from chapter 16, Mark's words. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, mother of Mary of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go and anoint Jesus's dead body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they came to the tomb. They were saying to each other, who is going to roll the stone away for us? And it was a very large stone. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated at the right side, and they were startled. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised, he is not here. Look, here is the place where they laid him. Go, tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there just as he promised you. Overcome with terror and with dread, they fled from the tomb and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Well, the Lord is risen. That is our proclamation this morning. And the music department has brought us to the throne of God this morning. How beautiful. You know, pastor and author James Moore tells a humorous story about a woman named Carol who was the organist at her church. Uh, she was an outstanding musician, but she did something that an organist should never do. She overslept on Easter morning. <laughs> and she missed that first service. Um, obviously, she was embarrassed, and of course, the minister in the church forgave her. We're good Christians, right? And, uh, but we te they teased her a little bit about it, and it was done lovingly, you know. However, the next Easter came around, and the phone rang at 5 a.m. in the morning. And jolted awake by the loud ringing, Carol runs to the phone, and it's the minister. <laughs> and he said, Carol, it's Easter morning, the Lord is risen, and I suggest you do the same. <laughs> so we are so glad that you've joined us on this Easter morning. And Easter would not be the same without the beauty of music. Thank you so much. Music department, brass, organist, choir, orchestra, music director, everyone here who has made us, just given us this beauty of music this morning. Will you give them a, some, some appreciation this morning? Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, I ask that you touch my mind, my heart, my lips, my tongue, my voice, that I might proclaim your good news. Be with us as your Easter people this morning. Help us to absorb the word that you have for us today. And we give you praise and thanksgiving, O oh God, our risen Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to share with you this morning something very serious. I can't believe the Avenger movies are coming to an end. <laughs> Anybody here with me? Now, if you're not familiar with this, this is the Marvel movies. They're the superhero movies. Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, 
the, so, those superheroes, so superheroes. I just absolutely love watching these movies. And the Avengers are the movies in which all of them are together in the movie. And they're all combined. And my family has been huge fan, fans of these movies for a long time. Now, the next week on April 26th, Avengers Endgame is coming and opening in theaters. And I am very glad about this, and I will tell you why. The last movie, Avengers Infinity War, left me in disbelief and disheartened. And if you have not seen the movie, I won't tell you the ending, but I looked over at Joe and I said, this can't be the ending. There has to be more. Okay, some Avenger fans back here. <laughs> Maybe the writers of Avengers Infinity War were taking their lead from the gospel writer of Mark. Mark leaves us hanging, doesn't he? With the ending of the story saying, overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. We find ourselves saying, this can't be the ending. There has to be more. And we're not alone. This ending is so not right that people have been trying to fix it ever since. Some people have decided that Mark's real ending must have been lost and and inadvertently, the manuscript torn off or something. So they tried to fix it. Over time, people wrote new endings to the Gospel of Mark. You've got at least one of those printed in your Bible. They're right before you. They're verses 9 through 20. And they say something like, the most reliable early manuscripts do not have these verses in a line right before it begins 9 through 20. Virtually no Bible scholar believes Mark wrote those last few verses. In fact, they were probably written 300 to 400 years later. But somebody had to fix the ending, right? At least that's what we feel. The Gospel of Mark has been called the unfinished Gospel. After all, we like our Bible stories to have big endings, don't we? Israel escaping from Egypt through the watery walls of the Red Sea. The walls of Jericho come tumbling down. David taking Goliath out with a slingshot. And a babe being born in Bethlehem by a virgin. And a heavenly host of angels appearing and announcing his arrival. We like our big endings, our big finishes. The other Gospels have the big endings. Matthew, Luke, and John all have their version of this eyewitness account. Matthew tells of the women leaving the tomb in fear and excitement to tell the others, meeting Jesus along the way and falling to his feet and worshiping him. Luke tells of the women returning to the disciples and telling Peter and the disciples what had happened and Peter running to the tomb only to find the linen cloth remaining. 
And John gives us the most detail of the story. In fact, that's the story that most of us remember when we remember the resurrection story. Mary Magdalene speaking to Jesus, saying, Rabboni, teacher, and the conversation that takes place. And then her running to, to announce this to the disciples, saying, I've seen the Lord. And then she told them everything that had been said to her. When telling the story of Easter, very few of us tell Mark's version. But maybe we should. You see, Mark's version is probably how most of us would have responded. Mark captures humanity here, knowing full well that even if we were afraid and confused, how could we keep that to ourselves? I mean, really? You had just seen an empty tomb where the Lord had laid, and it was empty, and he was nowhere to be found. Even if you were afraid and confused, could you keep that to yourself? I don't think so. You would have to tell someone, even if it was just to process what had happened, you would have had to have told someone what was going on. I love how one author, Lamar Williamson, answers this question in the book of Mark. When, an, when is an ending not the end? When a dead man rises from the tomb. Mark's ending is no end, he says. Only the reader can bring closure. We must decide how the story should come out. Maybe Mark's stark ending was intentional for us. Maybe, just maybe, we are the rest of the story. In fact, I would say we as followers of Jesus Christ have been writing endings for over 2,000 years. Amen? We, like the disciples, have been putting the pieces of our faith together and living out the story of resurrection in our own lives. And in our story, we remember how Jesus Christ was crucified in our place for the sin that would have condemned us. Remembering how he took the suffering and pain so that we might be forgiven. He pushed death out of the way as surely as he moved that great big tombstone in front of that tomb. Death still will come, we know that, for these mortal bodies. But death no longer has its sting. Because Jesus gave us the hope of resurrection and eternal life. And that's our story. The good news of Jesus Christ is that he is the great overcomer. Showing us how we too can overcome sin and death in our own lives by claiming him as our Lord and our Savior. After all, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And as we live out our own stories of hope, we are writing the ending of the good news each and every day as we live that out, church. Our story has purpose. And as followers of Christ, does it matter that we gather and worship and praise and sing and shout hallelujahs? Yes. yes, it does. I'm so glad you answered that question. 
Yes, it does. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. That's our proclamation. Does that proclamation matter in the world around us? That's your cue. Yes. Yes, it does. It matters if we want to make sense out of the living, church. It matters if we want to make sense out of our daily lives. Easter is important not only because of what it says beyond the grave. It's important because what it says about today in living our lives each and every day on this side of the grave. If Christ lives, then life has meaning. There's hope even in the most difficult of circumstances. If Christ defeated death in the grave, we can live courageously. We can live victoriously. We can overcome our fears, our indifference, our brokenness by his love and his grace. And, and we can be all that he intends for us to live it in the fullest right now in this moment we can live as Easter people with Christ our life has been changed and everything is different and it is this knowledge that has given followers of Jesus Christ power over their circumstances in every era for more than 2,000 years and why we are still writing the ending of the Gospel of Mark. We are the rest of the story. We are the big ending. I have known some big endings over my 20 years of ministry. Some wonderful stories. Stories of overcoming addiction and finding joy. Stories of overcoming fear and living in courage. Stories of standing in the midst of hope in difficult circumstances and disappointment. A story like Jamie and Casey's. I knew Jamie when she was just a teenager. She was growing up in the church and her family was, were, in, were in church every week. Such a delightful young lady. And it was such a joy to hear that she was getting married to Casey. Casey, another young man that I knew. He had graduated with my oldest daughter, Laura. Such a sweet young couple. And after a few years, they decided they wanted to start their family. And it wasn't happening. Jamie had lost numerous children, one time losing twins. And she'd gone through disappointment and heartache. Casey and Jamie both were holding on to faith as tightly as they could. And that's when Kim came into the picture. Kim was Jamie's best friend in high school. And Kim decided that she would carry Jamie and Casey's baby. And so when they heard the news that, that Kim was actually carrying the child, this is what Jamie posted on her Facebook page. Casey and I are beyond excited to announce that our miracle is finally due 
and this was back in 2015, finally due to arrive in April 2015, she said. Having lost five precious babies in the last two years, we are so blessed that our amazing friend Kimberly felt a calling to carry our child for us when we received no medical answers as to why we continued to miscarry. With the support of her husband, Blake, Kim is helping us create our family by serving as our gestational carrier. This selfless, selflessness and love are truly indescribable, and we are so, so thankful to have them in our lives. And then she quoted 1 Samuel, For this child I have prayed, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. Savannah was born March 24, 2015, but that's not the end of the story. Two years later, Jamie was able to carry Caroline all the way through, and she was born on December 2, 2017. You see, the good news is that God enters our lives and meets us where we are. God enters the painful and difficult times of life and brings hope for today, tomorrow, and forevermore. We are the resurrection story. As Easter people, we live in that hope. And if you have never invited God into the story that he has for you, I encourage you to ask him today. I encourage you to invite God into your life. Our pastors are here if you would like to talk about what that means. But we are Easter people. We live in that joy, and there are a lot of great endings, aren't there? Stories of resurrection, stories of hope. And maybe you have one, and you know that story. Or maybe today is your day to write one, church. Let's celebrate great endings to the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let us proclaim the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. We are Easter people. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God.